Welcome, wherever in the world you might be. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening. I'm Nicole BZ, and you know everything. You really do. I'm creating this podcast, this episode, this work, this art, to help you unearth the hidden gems, (laughs) the parts of your awareness, your consciousness, your experience that may have felt hard, hard to find, hard to experience. My dog's back. She's, she's here too, to find, to find whatever it is she's looking for. But I truly believe you know everything. You have the answers. And hopefully, I'm able to simply facilitate potentially one step on your journey to getting closer to where you want to be easier, without stress or struggle, or with less stress and struggle. Let's be real. This is a podcast that is about 21st century business, how we can engage and transact and exchange with each other in a way that we probably haven't done before. We're all pulling from the old way, the old world, while we're building the new. And so my hope is that you get one one little of inspiration, um, some more gas in the tank, some energy to fill your cup, and that you push through some problems to create potential, that you challenge existing paradigms to create a new perspective, and that you walk away from everything feeling better. So... Uh, well, everything, at least every experience with me. Let's, let's, let's start with that. Um, so this is my art. This is the synergy of 25 plus years in entrepreneurship, working with creatives, being a trailblazer, fucking it up over and over and over again. This podcast is designed for those that are really trying to not just create ideas, but exchange those ideas with others. And as we start to figure out what those systems and structures look like in this new world that we're building, there's going to be some things that we've done for decades that no longer support us. There's also going to be some things that worked really great in there. Uh, Fundamentally, we're challenging the way we even think about this stuff. And that's really sticky and icky and weird and gooey and can feel like we're moving through mud sometimes. And it can also feel so flowy and so fun and like, you know, the universe has got our back. So Wherever you are in your experience, uh, I see you, I hear you, I feel you, I've likely been there. (laughs) I like to think of myself as standing shoulder to shoulder in solidarity with you. So I get to talk to people from all over the place and all different areas of business, whether it's an idea or something they've been doing for also 25 years, um, whether they are a leader in a much larger structure and system, or they are the leader in their very own structure. And it's just them and their team of one. It's a really interesting conversation that I get to have. And I like to share that with you only because it never ceases to amaze me how often the topics and the concepts that we're throwing around and kind of like um, working through and grinding on are the same. And obviously changes like this overarching concept that we're continually working within. But specifically in terms of when you as the leader, and I do believe we are all leaders, just like I believe we are all artists, we are all creating. 
And we are all having to lead ourselves first and foremost, and then potentially those around us. A lot of the people that I work with don't really even identify with the concept of leadership because we've all had so many different experiences with being led and following is not a value that most of my people, you can probably relate to this. Um, they're not, they're not real followers They're black sheep. Right. And not in like a, um, ostracized, marginalized way, but in a like, Hey, that's not how I want to do things. I'm, I'm going to be over here doing my thing. And that's what I love about my style of leadership is when you're truly excited about what you're doing and empowered in what you're doing, you will find there are actually a lot of followers out there who are very inspired by and attracted to what you do and you're leading them all of a sudden. And sometimes you might be leading them through change. That change may or may not be something that they feel open to or excited about in the same way that you are. So that's what we're going to really get into today. I've been talking, um, I spent the last couple episodes talking about technology. Technology is something, especially in business, we can feel a lot of resistance to. And also another caveat, I think of business as being very personal. I don't believe there's a separation, especially now with technology being in our lives and homes. Um, and there is this, you know, in, in doing business on a global scale, there is now this expectation that we're available 24 seven, 365. And I do not, I do not encourage that. If you've worked with me at all, you know, I'm available for like some random hours on some random days of some random weeks. <laughs> so like, I am not saying you need to be available 24 seven, 365. But what I am saying is that there is a change in perspective that exists. And I think that's something that I spend a lot of time helping myself and, and those around me understand is you get to do whatever the fuck you want to do. And so does everybody else. So we can bring awareness to the, the difference in perspective, paradigms, problems, situations, but that doesn't make one better or worse, right or wrong. So then how do we connect with each other when we're all essentially having our own experience, right? We're all watching our own movie and it's wildly different than the movie you're watching, which is like hard to wrap our minds. Change feels like, it, I, I, there's a lot of reasons why change feels hard. Some of us are more predisposed to change than others. And, and there's like innumerable variables that contribute to that. But I think for, for what I've witnessed in business and with leaders, one of the biggest challenges with change is the cognitive bias towards sunk cost. And I did do a little bit of research on this. Uh, we don't want to change because of the investment in what's been and what was. I've in a ton of my actual investments where I've invested in different startup companies um, and different business opportunities. The only reason I'm not willing to walk away from that is quite literally the money that I've invested into it, regardless of um, how much it's not working. That is a strong cognitive bias, right? So what we can recognize with that sunk cost is the opportunity cost as well. How much will it cost for us to stay the same? A couple episodes back, I did that uh, matrix where you can stay the same or you can make the change and then the perceived costs and the perceived benefits of it. So I won't get back into that, but that is an amazing way of just kind of very quickly doing a quick um, check-in in terms of what is your opportunity cost? What is your sunk cost? Attachment is a bitch. We get very attached without even a lot of uh, recognition around how attached we are to the way things are. You see this in extreme situations, um, toxic, abusive, uh, 
changes or situations where like your actual health and safety are in question, but the certainty of that knowing feels safer. We are attached more to knowing what is than the potential unknown of the change. So again, something to just be aware of, like how attached are you to what is? And I find what we actually learn, what we are actually attached to is what we think will come from what is, even when that thing has never come and ain't coming, right? So just some really interesting questions to kind of run through. And when you are the leader and you are asking people to change, these are their objections. Address the elephant in the room. You'll with the energy leadership index, I talk a lot about address the energy in the room, address the one and two, they feel insecure, unsafe, unsure, uncertain, they feel out of control, disempowered, like they have no agency, like they can't even speak up. Why? If you as a leader have created an environment where people don't feel like they can address their own concerns, fears or problems, that is also something that needs to be changed. Something there's a couple concepts I've been playing with, but if the quitting feels easy, like, okay, we got to cut this. We got to stop this. this blah, 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 and that feels like the easiest option. There's probably something worth exploring in terms of your own um, cognitive bias, right? And it's when the quitting feels hard that we're experiencing that attachment. <laughs> so the paradox is if quitting feels like the easiest way out, maybe take one more step further and explore like, well, what happens if we were just to dot, dot, dot. If the quitting feels really hard, there's an attachment there. And what if we play with the idea of, okay, we're done with this, what happens? So I, I offer you those three different explorations before we get into cascading change, only because as the leader, we often forget what we're asking people. And we might not even know, because like I said, they're watching their own movie, they're having their own experience. And we can, leaders, people who have taken this, this role of um, responsibility and visionary and creative, uh, we, are, we are inclined, we are predisposed to a, a, just a different experience than those who have signed up for essentially doing what you tell them to do, right? <laughs> or following you, um, regardless of if you chose that role or not. So... First and foremost, to create change, you have to have clarity around the end destination. You need to show people where they're going. Why? Because they need to want to go there. <laughs> like, and I say that we see this so often, especially in startups that are at the scale and sustain um, part of that, that evolution. Some of the OGs aren't up for the change. They, if you're anything like me, you like the challenge. When things get easy and sustainable, it's not for you anymore. That's okay. Uh, a lot of the leaders that you have employed, have you've relied on to get you to a certain place might not be the, the vision holder, the creator for that next stage. They might be, but there's only one way to find out. So when you get super clear on where it is that you're going, then you can allow other people to decide if they're, if they true, if they too desire that end result. People need to want to go there. I know it sounds super obvious, but there's something about that, like level five, level six, that energetic space of continually 
seeking evolution and creation and opportunity that actually isn't how other people operate. I know it's shocking. Um, but what I mean by that is uh, staying the same is sometimes a motivator for people. And when you can actually paint the picture so that what they get is more of the same, just better, you will get them to change. Uh, that, that's a very amorphous way of describing it, but it's possible. I often say I'm, I'm working with some um, leaders who are scaling in business a lot actually right now. And they've got team members that they're wondering, like, is this, is this still going to be the right fit? The thing is, is they're not actually changing that person's job role or job description or even responsibility or deliverables at all. What they're suggesting is that there's going to be a whole bunch more underneath them, more support, more resources, the ability to do their job even better, be more impactful and doing exactly what it is that they love. And yes, there's going to be a lot of things changing around them, but they have the opportunity to just simply expand their existing repertoire. That's totally different than being like, we're going to, you know, change brands and get into all of these other industries and um, start vertically integrating across you know, or vertically integrating up and down in our industry and then developing these partnerships. Like that will feel overwhelming to someone who's just really focused on doing what they do best, which kind of brings me into, um, well, actually it doesn't bring me into the next point that skips to the end. So we'll circle back to that. So get clear on the end destination. I know that's obvious, but I don't think we think of it in terms of the next actual step, like, or understanding is their motivation. So again, if someone wants to stay the same and you're all about change, that's cool. You actually need those anchors in your organization to succeed. So get clear on your team, on your people, on who you're leading, on yourself's motivation. They're why, as Simon Sinek would say. I cannot tell you how in the 25 years of, of business that I've been in, again, across industries, across, across nations and hemispheres, that when I ask somebody, well, why are they doing this? They, they have no idea. They assume it's either for their money or it's for the same reasons that the individual that I'm asking was doing it. Simply not true. And for most of us, money is like the, the most simplistic way of looking at our motivations. Like, yes, we have to work. Okay. Cool. Um, and then why, why does somebody quit? Why is somebody looking for a better opportunity? Usually it's because, um, their needs aren't being met. That's on them. That's not on you. It's not your job to fulfill every single one of your employees needs. It is useful to get clear on that because that's where your benefits packages can come from. That's where your skills development opportunities can come from. That's where, um, your flexible work schedules can come from so on and so forth. Right. But, Get clear on their values. That's how you're going to understand, firstly, if they're a fit for what it is that you're doing and creating. But secondly, if they're um, the best person for this very specific responsibilities you're delegating to them, right? Um, secondly, like the connection that they desire. I think of this in terms of autonomy. I'm an incredibly autonomous, independent worker. I like don't actually want to talk to anybody in my own like creation and execution. Um, I understand that there's like this desire to communicate and check in. So I'll set those regularly more to create certainty than anything else. But I have lost more employees because they need, they want to talk to me all day, every day. <laughs> and what I've realized is those just aren't the right people for me. Like, yeah, 
um, remote working, uh, decentralized autonomous organizations, hybrid work structures, like this is going to challenge that more and more. So getting very clear on the connection that your people need and, and for, is it social? Is it, um, in terms of like skills development and resourcing and, and helping and supporting? Is it something else? Is it creative? You know, a lot of in the creative industries and teams and businesses that I work in, creatives also kind of need that touch point and that sounding board. And uh, so creating that space for ideas and for connection there. Um, recognition. A lot of people need to feel seen and heard. Now, how that shows up in your organization, whether it's, you know, the employee of the month, very old school, but also like some people, they appreciate not only the being seen on that level and then celebrated, but the competition. There are a lot of people out there that actually do like to know that they're in, you know, a certain quadrant of performance or um, recognition again. So, you know, the, I'm not suggesting that this is the exhaustive list of their motivation, um, but like I mentioned this a little bit development, especially with your younger people, especially with people on the lower ends of pay scales, what they're looking to do is develop and grow and become more successful. I mean, I'm, I'm development can take on any, any definition and term, but I can't tell you how many people I've worked with when I talk about, um, an ascension plan and they're like, they don't know what that means. So in a large corporate organization, when you've got hundreds, if not thousands of employees, how do you recognize the ones that are just joining so that you know who to invest in and that and who to grow with the organization, who to develop the skills, who to, who to put into different projects or committees or, or lateral opportunities so that they're getting a larger scope and they can develop and grow in the organization. And often, like when you think about it individually, or when you think about it in a much, much, much smaller business and situation, um, we kind of forget that uh, people are, are here because they want an opportunity and it's not just to get paid. I remember the reason I quit my first job was that my boss was the CEO. There was no up upward mobility for me and I'm an obnoxiously ambitious person. <laughs> I can't believe they didn't fire me 18 different times at that job. Uh, so helping people see the path forward, the path up, the path to more, whatever their motivation is, is really helpful. And then lastly, their love language, as cheesy as that is, there is a way that you will share the end destination and explore the motivation in a way that the person you're communicating with responds to. For some, it's words of affirmation. Um, I, I freely give words of affirmation. Uh, I don't necessarily respond to them. Um, what I respond to is uh, like the acts of service, right? The favors, the connections, the assistance, the actions you do. You'll hear me say like actions speak louder than words. When you do an action that shows me, you appreciate me, that will that pays off in dividends. Um, like client referrals, there's nothing that makes me happier than a client referral. A client can tell me how amazing I am forever. And I'm like, thank you. I received that. It's beautiful. It's lovely. Um, but the referral that is, that is the thing that like quite literally keeps me going Hint, hit, nudge, nudge, <laughs> sharing this podcast, <laughs> liking it, commenting on it. Uh, but I mean, seriously, understanding like, is it praise? Is it time? Is it service? Is it reward? 
uh, and is it, um, connection relationship? Like, uh, th those are, you know, the five love languages, but when you speak in that and you share those things openly with, with yourself and then with your people, you are going to cascade change. So figuring out what the end destination looks like, figuring out what the motivation is for the individuals or yourself in terms of creating this change, and then framing it, explaining it, sharing it in a manner that actually resonates with your people, that's going to be your golden ticket. Okay. So, um, why does all this matter? I like to kind of like tie everything back up into that. This is a continual process. You will never not stop evolving and changing. I talk about the cycle of change a lot. There's a whole module on that in the anti-business school. Um, you're going to fuck it up. You're, you're going to take the wrong step. You're going to go down the wrong path. That's part of this. That's okay. You know, you're doing the right thing. You know, you're evolving. You know, you're changing when you fuck up. So don't look at the problems as proof of failure. Look at the problems as proof of success. Listen to my last episode. A few problems are awesome. When you look at a problem as proof of success and the opportunity to improve, everything changes. And when you're introducing systemic organizational change, there, your people are going to feel very tuned into the problems. If they don't feel like they're supported in addressing those problems, that is also something to bring to your change table, right? Um, with that, uh, a problem that a lot of, a lot of the people I'm working with experience is that they overshare. <laughs> I kind of mentioned this, but when you're asking a, uh, for a very big change, Focus on the, the next step in the journey. Focus on the specific junction of change that you're in um, and that destination, you know, like what will this look like? How will we know we've been successful here? Um, people are going to respond to change differently. Some are going to be super excited about the future 25-year vision. Others are going to be totally overwhelmed and intimidated by that. All they need to know is what's happening next week, what's happening next month. Or like what's happening in my department, what's happening in my job. So you use your discretion and into it. Is this, and, and if you feel like it's overwhelming, let's say to them, uh, acknowledge that. Let's scale this back. Let's scale this back to the implementable desire changes in the next quarter or in the next couple of weeks. And again, give them demonstrable ways of knowing how they're going to be, how you are going to measure success. So what does this look like? What does this change actually show up in, like in terms of behavior, communication, um, deliverables, metrics, blah, 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 right? Uh, I could give examples, but I feel like it's obvious, you know, like, I don't know, let me know. If you've got questions, holla at me, put them in below. Um, accept the mission as if it's already done. You're the leader. You are the one that gets to be the change, as cheesy as that sounds. But when you accept we've been successful in this, and now this is like how we live our lives and engage and work, you will, you will see that change literally cascading, rippling from your steadfast anchoring into this new reality that you have created. It's done. Now, the physical <laughs> demonstrable proof will take as long as it takes to show up, but your people and you, your own self will know the difference between this is what's happening. And I hope this happens. There's a huge, huge gap in that desired reality and experienced reality. 
Um, I described this, I did uh, the 75 heart change or challenge. I've done it a few times, but the first time I did it, there was something about 75 days that my brain was like, does not compute. It wasn't like 28 days or in a month or in a week or what, like 75 was such a like weird. I felt the difference between, I guess we're going to try this and see if it works to like, this might as well be happening forever. (laughs) So this is just who we are now. And it was a world of difference. I mean, it was also like the most subtle, like frequency shift, but it has informed every decision I've made. And now I know the the difference in that physical feeling and the difference between like, I, I kind of want to do this. I'll see what happens to you. Like we're doing this and it's no more effortful. It's just a completely different experience. And I share that with you only because I trust that you have made a decision and it's stuck. And you've also wanted something to happen and it hasn't really, you know, you kind of fell off it. When you can remember the difference in how that physically feels for you, the difference in your thoughts that show up, the words that you use, the actions that you take, you can replicate that. Ask questions in this because when you're simply being it, there's no shame, there's no curiosity, there's no doubt, there's no judgment. And when you don't think someone's dot, dot, dotting, uh, th- those are all of those things, doubt, shame, judgment, right? So instead of telling them, like I'm doing to you right now, ask, oh, okay, so we talked about blah, blah, blah. How's that working for you? I'm sensing that might not be working for you. Tell me more about that. Are you afraid of this? That's okay. Tell me why you're afraid. What do you think might happen? So on and so forth. Um, how could you have implemented this change in a different way? You feel like your team isn't supporting you. Why not? What are the, what are, what is the way you could ask one individual to implement this change in a different way? Like so on and so forth. But change is a choice for crazy making. Okay. Like the status quo is easier. The sunk cost bias is absolutely going to reinforce the way things are. We will forever and always be biased towards maintaining homeostasis. So accept that with introducing change, you are asking for struggle. Now, there's the Buddhist, uh, you know, pain is inevitable, struggle is optional. It will be, it will be what it will be. It is what it is. You hear me say that all the time. So you are choosing to make things better. That is awesome. How that applies. We have some ideas. We can strategize, design theory. We can strategize, implement, and then notice where we were off in our targets and metrics. Not as a definition of success and failure, but simply as a way to understand, oh, okay, this stuff's working. This isn't. No more of that. A little more of this. And we'll try again. You... And I, and I, I am telling you this as the leader, as the change maker, as the evolutionary revolutionary, you are the eye in the storm. You are the calm. And when your people are freaking out, even when the parts of you, old narratives of you, old versions of yourself show up to create chaos, this version of you, the present moment version of you, maybe even your higher self version, who's like standing with like hand on shoulder, got your back. You can trust in this present moment and recognize the fear, the resistance, the struggle, the stress, the doubters, the haters, the neighbors, the shamers for what they are. 
They're trying to stay stuck because that's certain and known and uncertain and uh, unknown can only become certain and known if we step forward and into it, right? So take a breath, resource yourself. Any of those energy stacking activities are available to you and find that calm, however you can do it. There's actually a whole, I did a whole presentation on this. It's in the anti-business school. And I mentioned this in the last one. I'm going to be vlogging, reopening the anti-business school. We're going to do five days on the technologies and, and creating change with tech. Um, we get to choose to grow and evolve in every moment and in every day. And that is going to be destabilizing. It is also, in my opinion, the only way to create reality is to see where we are and then choose to see that which we desire because it is available in every single moment, but we're so used to the old version. We, we keep watching that one instead of just changing the channel. Right? So, um, what we've also just talked about is embodied leadership. This is how you, I believe, become like the 21st century leader and how you have one foot in the old, one foot in the new, and you can become the bridge so that when ready, you're taking that leap. I'm repeating myself, which means I'm done. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you to all of the new people for being here. I am Nicole BZ. You know everything. You can find me on all socials at the BZ channel. Please email me questions, pop questions below um, in the comments wherever you're watching this. I create entire episodes. The whole reason I do this is for access, for information, to empower you to be that version of yourself that creates everything um, you want. So thank you. I love you.